Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Instinctive Talk. I'm your host, Jay Salako. This episode is to promote hope for my fellow peers and their loved ones who support them. On my first episode of Instinctive Talk, my wife Tracy is my special guest. We share about the day I told her of my diagnosis of bipolar disorder and addiction issues. We talk about an episode of mania I had when my daughter was nine months old and how it was a pivotal moment in my recovery. We speak about how communication is key in a marriage, especially when married to a partner with mental illness. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this episode of Instinctive Talk. Hi, this is Jay Salako, and I'm your host of Instinctive Talk. Today, I'd like to introduce my wife, Tracy. Hi, Trace. Hi, Jay. Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to have you on. Uh, you're going to be my first guest on this podcast. Well, I'm very honored to be that first guest that you have. <laughs> well, I uh, started to speak about you know our relationship uh, slightly in my trailer episode, but I figured uh, with your idea that um, you would like to be on the podcast, and I thought that was perfect. And uh, I also feel like you suitably should be my first guest. Well, that's quite an honor. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know I love you. And the feeling is mutual. I love you too. And I'm really proud of what you're doing. I think it's going to do great things for a lot of people. I hope so. You know, that's that's the goal. Um, just open conversation about mental health and addiction and things like that. Just so, you know, people have a place to go to um, maybe, you know, hear some hope or um, some information that could... Uh, you know, help touch their lives or, or their loved yeah. ones lives. Yeah. And I mean, it's, a, it's such a, you know, important subject to talk about. And I think, you know, with your level headedness and all of that, you're definitely going to reach a lot of people. And I think that's so important, especially in today's day and age, and hopefully take some of the stigma away from it. Uh, well, you know, I hope so. And I think that the more, you know, people like myself and my peers and, you know, people like that open up and, you know, basically show a face to the, to the illness. I think it, it would open up the conversation. And I think nowadays more than ever, it's really coming out into the forefront uh, about mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just wanted to start off, uh, me and you met in 2002. So we've been together for 20 years. Wow. <laughs> right? I mean, that's a long that's a long time, Jay. I know. We've been together <laughs> for 20 years and uh, you know, I I touched upon, you know, that phone call and and the reason I keep bringing that up, that phone call when you know, you told me that you just wanted to give me a hug after I told you about my diagnosis and you know, my addiction uh issues. And you just wanted to give me a hug. I, I, I say that often, and I say that in my talks because it was such a pivotal point. And I, I really want to stress that because I want you to know that when you said that, it opened my eyes to something that were kind of closed and I was in the dark about for a long time. It was that internalized uh, stigma that I had that people would judge me for my illness. And um, I wasn't open about it at all. Right. And I, and I think from my perception, it was more of to have, you know, you, you know, you were diagnosed at that point, I think seven or eight years. And I, and I think from my perspective or 
anyway, from your perspective, I'm sorry, was that it was somebody that was a complete stranger and they had acceptance of you. You know what I'm saying? That, that I, that I said that, I think it was just a, a breath of fresh air that it wasn't that stigma. Like we kind of talked about. So I think there was some, you know, relief that someone that didn't know you long and, and well, like your family, there was an instant acceptance. And I think they're, you know, looking back on it now, I think that was a big turning point for you. And it was, and and that's the reason why. And when, and, and then when you said you wanted to give me a hug, it was just like, I wasn't sure. I didn't know exactly where it was going to go from there, but I think it was like maybe two days later, we were in the park, you know, drinking coffee, talking and telling stories about our lives. And right. it, was, it was just a different, uh, it was a different reaction than what I was expecting, you know? Well, well, and I could sense the vulnerability, you know, to tell somebody something so personal and private about themselves, especially something like that about, you know, having mental illness. I, I could sense that about you, that it was a very vulnerable moment and I could, see, it was almost like a shame sort of thing that you were saying it. So that's why I I just felt like I wanted to give you a hug, that there was, there was something in your voice, you know, that, that I could sense that you felt ashamed of that, you know, and I mean, along with your diagnosis, there came recovery as well. So besides that you had this diagnosis, you also, to me, you had eight years at that time, clean and sober. So to me, that should be celebrated. And I just wanted to to hug you and just tell you, I was proud of you. Yeah. And not that, even knowing you that long. Yeah. And yeah. At that point. Yeah. I was in recovery for uh, seven years. Yeah. Clean and sober. I think mainly from the beginning, our communication was key. I think that we spoke about everything and anything. And I think that was like one of the key things that we always had was communication from the beginning. I mean, and yes, we talked about it, but I, I would say that, you know, we learned how to communicate together because I think everybody's way of communicating is a little bit different. So we had to learn each other's style, but I think absolutely. We always knew, you know, like I knew where you stood and we knew what our goals and our morals were and all of that, because we had those communications skills together. Well, that, and I also believe that once that was out and in the open, um, I think we both had the same kind of goals. We both wanted to get married. And I think once that was um, out of the way and I felt better about it, I, I, I didn't have any issues, you know, getting married. Cause I think, what was it? Three years later. I mean, we were already married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we were planning on having kids and you know, that was always a question, you know, honestly, I, I didn't want to pass the gene down. Um, so I was nervous about it, but we spoke about it and, you know, we were both in, you know, on the same boat. Right. Talk to your doctors. We did. We had conversations with them. Yep. Yep. But you know what? I think you were so easy to love that if that ever happened to one of our children or ever does, we will love them just the same too acceptance absolutely and and, and, you know you're saying acceptance but um you know acceptance came for me very easy with you that's when you know the journey of recovery can happen and Mm -hmm. i just you know i love you for that and and you really showed me something about myself that it's just an illness that could be 
you know, tamed, you know, just like diabetes, if you take care of it and go to the right doctors for it and you do the right things, mm-hmm. you know, with- and I, and I always knew that about you. I mean, you know, yes, you had been living it with it for this long, you know, when I had met you, but you were definitely proactive in your own mental health care. You know, I, I was just supporting you during the journey. That's all I was. It was easy. It was easy to love you for that. When we got married in 2006, um, everything was going pretty smooth. You know, um, we, you know, we were still living in Hillside and, you know, we were planning on, you know, starting a family. You know, 2007, we had our daughter, you know, when Grace was born, that's kind of when we started our, uh, you know, journey up here into, we bought, we bought our house and then, mm-hmm. you know, then when we moved up here and then our house needed, you know, some work, you know, me and your father were working on the house every night. And I think it was pretty stressful because I think I, I you know, I started with my commuting and working at the house every night. And, you know, I, I had that episode when Grace was about, you know, nine or 10 months old. You know, I kind of wanted you to talk about that a little bit because I want. Yeah. From my perspective. Right. Right. So, so, you know, the, the thing is when, you know, a lot happened once we got married, you know, a lot of big life changes for both of us, you know, and the, you know, we, we got married, we bought a house, we were having a baby, you know, we, we were fixing up our house and a lot had happened in a very short amount of time. And even though we, you know, knew each other and we had been together a long time, that was just a lot for everybody to be going through being new parents and all that. And I think she was around nine or 10 months old and, you know, the commuting and the late hours and all of that stuff. I think I could sense that it was sort of getting to you, that there were some changes and stuff like that. And, and I, and I definitely noticed it. And, you know, before all of that, I tried to, again, be very proactive and, you know, do what I could to make sure that you had, you know, good mental health and all of that stuff. So I started to notice that things were changing and all of that. So I had a conversation with you again, our communication, and I could see that you were struggling. So I said, I think we needed to go see somebody. So I had called my family and had them come stay with Grace. And I remember distinctly that I had come into our room and you had like a backpack out. (laughs) You were like packing things in it, you know? And I was like, Jay, what are you doing? Oh, because honestly, Trace, like every time that I was brought to a hospital, I had to stay there for like 30 days. It was, it was like, I knew, I just felt like, you know, I I was going to the hospital, I was going to be admitted, and then I was going to have a hospitalization stay. And I didn't think I was coming back for weeks. Right. But I, I, you know, and I, and I remember saying to you that, you know, um, are you going to hurt yourself? Are you going to hurt Grace or I? And you looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, you know, you're going to come home with me. They're going to you know, check you out and do all these things. And then you're coming home and we'll get through this and everything's going to be okay. And I could just see your expression on your face change in that moment. And I, there was definitely some doubt. I could see that you didn't really believe me. But no, I thought I was going and- away. I thought I was going away and I was going to be gone for weeks on end. And it was like, uh, you know, that, that was the routine in those first uh, seven years before I met you. Like I would be hospitalized And, you know, they would change all my medications. It took me months to get back on my feet. And I'm thinking, man, I got to start this all over again. And that was the routine. 
And, and did that happen? Nope, it did not. <laughs> I mean, we went to that hospital and we sat down and honestly, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, they're going to, they're going to take my belt, my shoelaces, and I'm going to go into a locked ward and, you know, and I was going to be there for weeks, but it didn't happen that way. And that was a big eye opener there too. Right. And you got to come home that night. We came home together and, you know, the first couple of days were, were an experience because you had never had a full blown episode before. So, and I was a new mom and all of those things. And it was, it was an eye opening experience for me, but we got through it and, you know, with the support of family and supporting each other and both, all of those things, that's how you get through these kinds of things. You again, talk to your own family and, you know, I talked with your doctors and all of that stuff as well. And we got through it. So it was a learning experience for both of us, but I think we can both proudly say that since then you haven't had to, we haven't had that experience since. And right, our daughter's right. going to be 14. Yeah. And so, that's, again, yeah. You know, yeah. Grace was about nine or 10 months old. So it's been almost 13, a little over 13 years. And I really haven't had any issues like that. And nope. that was a, that was a game changer for me. Just those two incidents alone, you know, like where you accepted, you know, the, the, the diagnosis part, and then you show me that we could work through that episode. And I mean, it was, it was a whole lot different than what I was used to. And it was, you know, it's very flattering that you give me all this credit. I will say, however, you're the one that does the work in the reality of it all. You are the one that does the work. Yes, we're a team in a lot of parts, but you are the one that goes through it. So you get the credit for that. And it is quite flattering. And I do love you for that. But you do the work, Jay. I love you. And I, you know, truly want to say that I love you because of everything you stand for. You know, I love your family who taught you <laughs> how to love like this. And, <laughs> you know, I just feel blessed to you know, being in the family like that. 50 years, 50 years they're married, my parents. Yeah, we 50 just celebrated. Years. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of the family. And they love you. And I that's know for it. sure. And I know it. When was it that we started to uh, talk about, you know, when it was a good time to talk to our kids about mental health? So I think that we always knew that we wanted to talk to the kids about it. We were not going to keep this a secret from them, whether it be your sobriety or your mental health, anything like that. Right. Um, so I think that the kids started to notice as they got a little older and were going to bed later that you were taking medication every night. So I think both of them sort of asked you why you take the medicine. So we kind of talked about it and how we were going to, you know, open that discussion with the kids. And the next time they kind of asked, we had the conversation with them about um, that you had to take medicine every night and that it was, you know, something to keep, you know, your, your mood and your brain in a happy place of, you know, so that you felt like you could be successful every day in your work and all of that. So that some people take medicine for diabetes or other sicknesses that they have, that that's why you took that medicine. You know, they knew that you went to the doctor, obviously more often than me or them, you know, because we typically go when we're sick, right. but you go because that doctor helped you, you know, be able to talk about your feelings and all of those things. And all of that is so very important. And I think that kind of opened a discussion. 
And I think one of the kids, and I don't remember which one, asked if it hurt you. Do you remember that? I do that remember having that. This, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the kids asked if it hurt, if your brain hurt from do, you know, from having this. And we told them what it was. We told them it was something called bipolar and that you did speak to other families. And I mean, it was just a sweet and innocent question. And I think we, you know, we handled it the best way we knew how for the age that our kids were. And we still have conversation about it. I think it's very important. And, you know, we, we also talked to the kids about how, you know, going to these doctors helps you, but, you know, it helps you um, be able to talk about things and how we feed our bodies good foods, we have to help feed our mind and st- and keep our mind healthy. And that's what this does for you. And I think that was the best message that we could give them at that, you know, moment. So yep. Yep. it's not like we ever, you know, the other thing is we celebrate your clean date. Since, you know, they've yep. been born, we celebrate your clean date. It's like a birthday in our house. It's something yep. that we celebrate. Every year so, on April 5th. Yep. <laughs> we do. Yeah. So so it was something that I, was important to me because, and I, you know, because I, I'm so proud of you and they should be proud of you. And, you know, we talked to them about abusing drugs and alcohol and, you know, that you've chosen not to ever use them and that kind of thing. So I, I just thought that that was something that is quite a milestone every year for you. So it's, you know, they're always so proud and excited to celebrate it. And it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's 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 hard to believe that this past April I celebrated 27 years <laughs> clean and sober, and uh, 27 years uh, with my diagnosis. I mean, it just seems unreal, like how long it's been. And honestly, Trace, since I met you uh, in the last 20 years, I say 27 years clean and sober, and that's how long I've you know had my diagnosis. But 20 years of the 27, really, I've been living mentally well, and that. Has a lot to do with meeting you. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you, well, thank you. You know, I have a question here. Um, over the last twenty years, what do you think the biggest lesson that we learned together was? That's a good question. I, I honestly, and I know we've said this, but I would say communicating. You know, while you know we've had great talks over coffee. You know, once you get married and have children and jobs and life, I think we've learned to communicate in other ways where. You know, one of us may want to sit and talk and immediately kind of sort through everything and all of that. You know, the other needs to kind of sit with it and think about things so that they're not reactionary. So learning a healthy way to communicate for both of us has been instrumental in making us as as successful as we are as a couple, you know, because there is definitely a learning curve that comes with it. So I would say that communication is, you know, a healthy way to communicate together is one of the biggest things that I've learned. Right. And I so. think it's a learning lesson, you know, that we'll, we'll always have, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Still, we yeah. still do still it. Still to the day. I mean, you still need to know, you know, when to, you know, say things in the right time. And, you know, when we do need to talk to each other, you know, we're open and honest and we, we listen and. Yeah, we hear what the other person has to say and and we work through it. You know, and our kids are getting older and the things that we're encountering are bigger things. It's not, you know, the little things like they were when they were toddlers and younger kids. So there are bigger discussions and, you know, we need to both be on the same page. So again, we, we just talk about things and, 
kind of navigate this crazy journey that is, you know, family and life life together. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, and, and again, the kids ask great questions sometimes and, you know, sometimes we don't have a chance to kind of talk about it beforehand, but, you know, we've always said that, you know, your struggles in the past are in the past and they're going to have their experiences with you with mental illness and we'll let them, you know, have that experience on their own. So, you know, we just try to keep the communication open and with the kids too. Yeah, because they're getting older and they're seeing things, you know, through different eyes now going through, going to different schools and, you know, it's just going to get more and more busy. So I I really believe over the next 20 years, we have to keep that conversation going, you know, and the communication going. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what, Trace, I'm so glad that um, we're doing this episode together. Um, do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with anybody about, you know, living with somebody who uh, has a mental illness? You know, I, I think that for me personally, it, it was having, you know, those one or two people that when your significant other or partner or loved one is going through something that you have somebody that you can talk to, because, you know, when they are going through things, you know, you don't have your partner to talk to them about. So to have, you know, a support system in place for yourself as well, you know, as well as to be that support for your loved one is so important so that, you know, they always say, you know, you have to keep your yourself healthy so you can help other people. And that goes for mental health as well. So I would say to have, to have a, a support system outside of your loved one so that you can lean on them when you need that as well. Yeah. And there's plenty of groups out there that, that offer, um, if you don't have anyone in your close, you know, your close circuit, I mean, there are other groups out there, you know, that offer support groups and absolutely you can go on the internet. You can find different groups. Yes. So it, it, it is out there. Yes. And to use those resources. Well, thanks Trace. I appreciate you being on the episode and I love you. I love you too. And I'm so proud of you and keep up your good work that you do every day, helping others. And, you know, you're the rock of our family. So we are so very proud of you and can't wait to see where this goes for you. I love you too. All right. Thanks, Trace. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Instinctive Talk. If you want to connect with me, please visit my website at instinctivebird.com. If you want to buy a personalized version of my book, No More Crutch, it's also available on my website. Again, this is Jay and Salako. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time to Instinctive Talk.